Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Mike McCartney, director of the Pahuska Chamber of Commerce for a second time. We're talking about all things economic development, starting with the revitalization efforts that helped pave the way for the Pioneer Woman Mercantile and the tourism rush that followed in Pahuska, plus business incubators, people moving in from out of state, finding workers and housing to accommodate growth, and what happens when everybody says somebody should do that and how that somebody might be you. I know you will learn so much from this conversation, and if this gets you excited, I want you to seriously consider joining our Cultivate community. Inside the group, we have conversations a lot like this one. Cultivate provides the community, tools, resources, action steps, and network you need to take your revitalization efforts to the next level and keep gaining momentum. There are lots of perks for joining this group, and I'll just let you know, this is where I share my best ideas. For the month of September, you can come join our Cultivate community for free to see what it's all about. Find all the details at ruralrevival.co slash cultivate and use the code CULTIVATEFREE, all one word, all caps, for your free access. I hope to see you in the group. Now, get ready to take some notes because we're on to the podcast with Mike McCartney. All right, we're here today with Mike McCartney, the director of the Pahuska Chamber of Commerce in Pahuska, Oklahoma. Mike, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I've wanted to have you on here for a long time, so I'm really excited that this is happening. Oh, well, that's nice. Thank you. I hope I don't disappoint you. I have a good feeling you won't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about you and your history with Pahuska and why this place means so much to you. Well, I was born here um, in 1960, and things were booming pretty good at that time. Um, So my folks were, uh, they weren't both born here, but they were raised here. They were born here uh, and then moved here as as, uh, little kids. My dad's family lived here prior to him being born, but then they moved off and then came back. So um, I spent all my life here, and um, I have... I spent 26 years in business with my father. He was the funeral director, the hometown funeral director, and uh, he worked for the family that um, founded Johnson Funeral Home in 1905, and one of the uh, children uh, of Mr. Johnson uh, took my dad in when he was a young kid and raised him in that business, and he ended up buying it when he was about 70, I think, somewhere around in there. Wow. But I spent 26 years with him there. My sister came in, and uh, she's, she and her uh, son have since purchased the funeral home after my parents passed away in 2016. Uh, I came to the chamber in 2006. I'd spent time on the chamber board, and just uh, the opportunity came up for me to go to work for the chamber, so... There I was. I left for a little bit, for about uh, four years. I went to the city as city manager, and now I'm back. So I don't know how long I'll be back, but I'm here. Yeah. Well, when did you start in in this timeline? When did you start getting involved with revitalizing the community? 
Was that before you came onto the chamber? No, not really. Probably after um, after I after I got on the chamber board. Um, I was forty. I spent my, like I said my life here, and it was wasn't until um, I was till two thousand when I was asked to be on the chamber board, and I always kind of did a lot of stuff. Uh, with organizations I was kind of the guy that carried all the chairs and tables to the functions and uh, I know everybody will hear me say that but that's kind of the way it was oh Mikey will do it Mikey will do it so <laughs> so I did and uh, but uh, I got, had the opportunity to be on the chamber board and and um, I just kind of got involved a little bit more with the uh, with that type of work, not just kind of running up and down the street visiting. And that's what my dad always said. It's about time somebody uh, paid you to do what I've been paying you to do. Because <laughs> I, I would leave and I'd be up and down the street visiting with people trying to figure out just exactly what could make things better. So um, anyway, um, I uh, I got on the chamber board and, uh, and then later in 2006, I took the chamber uh, the, the, the director's job and uh, my business partner and I Kathy Ross uh, we were always sitting around we, she was on the chamber board as well at one time and everybody seemed to say hey you need to and you all ought to be doing and why don't you and nobody seemed to be uh, paying attention to what they thought they need to be doing so one day I told Kathy I I said, we're they, and maybe we better, maybe we better do something. And uh, we had some friends. Uh, Raymond Redcorn had uh, ended up with some buildings down across the street from the post office, and uh, Steve and Debbie Easley ended up with the historic whiting, and they were renovating those buildings. And Kathy even had uh, had started a project, or or had probably just finished it at that time. Um, down where Mud Pies is and completely renovated an old um, garage uh, like a mechanic's shop. And um, so I, I, we found three buildings downtown that had been empty for a long time. And I, I went after her and I said, hey, let's do this. And she said, I've already got a building. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I said, I know, but this is a perfect opportunity and uh, we talked about it and finally said yes. So we took those three buildings and started working on them and then ended up buying one next door to us. And they all went together. And then we bought five littler buildings um, up the street um, for um, a, a few years later. But we had, we had nine properties at one time. Wow. And and then we were blessed. Um, we Well, we first started a... We called it the incubator and um, a retail incubator. Um, we had a few shops in, or sh a few people open up in those buildings that just didn't uh, didn't pan out. They were there for a little bit, and then they went on. There just wasn't a whole lot going on in Pasca mm -hmm. as far as the downtown and retail uh, area. And let's pause there for a second because yeah. I think... In today's world, we think of Pahuska as this thriving place, home of the pioneer woman, a lot of people coming here to visit, but that was not the case back then. So right. paint that landscape a little bit for our listeners to help. 
I want them to see how far it's come, but like where you started too. Well, um, Pahuska used to be a, a, a thriving community, big community. Uh, we had uh, the Triangle Building had office space in it. There was attorneys and dentists and real estate and all kinds of people. That's five-story building that we have right in the center of uh, our downtown. We had J.C. Penney's and TGNY, which was a five and ten cent store. Um, we had uh, uh, Anthony's with department store, and then down along the uh, uh, um, all the other buildings were just. Um, family-owned type business with a jewelry shop and, and of course, a pool hall and shoe couple of shoe stores. And just, I mean, it was, uh, when I was growing up, they were all full and there was a lot going on downtown. And then as uh, the big box companies come in, uh, as has been for a lot of, of small communities, the mom and pops didn't, feel they could compete with them or didn't want to compete with them so then they just kind of shut down and moved out there were a few of those that stuck around the uh we had morse hardware that that stuck around and different ones like that but for the most part the downtown had become kind of empty and um, we had a few people that came along that opened up businesses and they were a little bit ahead of their time maybe um and opened up restaurants and little uh, boutique stores, but they didn't last long. And um, so uh, there were a lot of empty buildings and some that had just fallen in the home. They were people that didn't live here to take care of them and they eventually fell in. Yeah. And some of them were, some of them probably, as we discussed before, some of them probably didn't need to be uh, demoed uh, if we could have gotten to them just a little bit earlier, uh, some of them were, you know, just, just shells that we, uh, I know that, uh, uh, Raymond Redcorn had, they went in and red ironed some buildings and, and pulled them back together and kept the, kept the outside intact and, and put new roofs on them. But, um, and that could have been done to, I think some of them, but not many had the, had the vision to, right. to think that you could do that. Yeah. So, uh, but our buildings, when we purchased them, they'd been empty for quite some time. Uh, and one of them, uh, it, where the old pool hall was, the retaining wall in back had, had they had gone in and, and put uh, gas lines in and didn't fix the wall. And so it just, over the years, because it's a huge, uh, it's a, a big hillside behind it, and water and rock and mud just came through the back of the building all the way out to front. Wow. And uh, I, t I tell the same story all the time when I talk about it, but water was arcing out the front door uh, <laughs> of the building and mud and rocks and two or three different times that uh, there they had... Uh, gone in there and pulled the mud and rock out but then it just it just kept coming when we'd get a big rain so we had to go in and and we put a, a retaining wall in front of the retaining wall up against the building and that's how we preserved that building but then we had to go in and put uh central heat and air and 
in electric and the old pool hall it was shortly before we ended up selling them uh we had to go in and put a uh a plumbing in because it never had plumbing so a lot of those buildings down there didn't all have plumbing so uh and, and it you know you think oh my gosh it's a huge expense but uh when you do it you just have to make up your mind you got to do it yeah and we were renting them first for you know three hundred dollars a month and it yeah we were making our mortgage, and that was our plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we decided it. I mean, when we finally decided that we wanted to do it, um, that's we didn't go into it with the idea that we were going to make a bunch of money. We went into it with, you know, let's let's try to get something going, and that's where the uh, shops at Townmaker Square came in that we put in uh, two of the buildings. Was there was a lot of people. Uh, and I'm sure you know of them as well, that have little, um, they they sell different things. They they have a, a line of clothing or makeup or something that they're selling out of their back of their cars or the garage. And that was our kind of our target was to get, get those people uh, in to a brick and mortar and start collecting sales tax and try to help sales tax base for for the community yeah so so you created a business incubator yes knowing that this is probably a key to growing the downtown again yes yes we didn't really call it an incubator because we didn't that wasn't right we know it to be that now i mean yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i mean we we didn't know i mean we there's business incubators where people you know share offices and that type of stuff but um we we were just trying to get uh, people out of their cars and inside. We had a a thirteen year old girl that came in and opened a shop with her mother, and her mother was trying to help her with retail and and uh, that really caught the eye of a lot of people. And um, we, uh, in fact, it uh, it's what sent me to two or three little communities to kind of explain what we were doing because we got we were acknowledged by the state. Um, and uh, for uh, our entrepreneurial uh, ideas or something, I can't remember uh-huh. now exactly what it was. But anyway, uh, so uh, I ended up going to a few little communities and talk about what we were doing. And the 13-year-old girl blew their mind. Wow. And, uh, and later, she has she, we've been friends for, our families have been friends forever, but her brother ended up being my Son-in-law, but <laughs> later <about> years, <laughs> just a little tidbit of information. But uh, uh, Meg did a great job with her little store, and uh, uh, we had we had several. And then, and there again, everybody thinks they want to do it, uh-huh. and um, but they don't realize how much uh, work there is to it. Uh-huh. So it does help. I mean, it, even if they didn't stay, it did help them realize that, you know, that's really not what I wanted. And they didn't yeah. go out and try to buy a building or try to buy a bunch of inventory to fill up a, a an entire building and and then get sour on, on everything. So, yeah. But uh, it worked out real well for us. And we ended up buying five little buildings down the street. And um, we did have a few people uh, incubate out uh, the shops at Townmaker Square into their own little building up the street. And they were idea, uh, because, ideal because they had, um, they were just small buildings. Uh-huh. And they were probably, I don't know, maybe 
three times as big as their space that they, they had at, at Townmaker. And uh, so they could add a little bit more and have plenty of room, and it wasn't just in a little box. So you allow them to grow. Yes, yes. And that was the whole idea. Buildings. Yeah. 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 I love that. So for people, let's get kind of deep into this model a little oh. bit, because I think we're going to have a lot of people listening who are like, okay, how exactly did you do that? So you started by buying the buildings. Right. And at the time... You know, if you were to buy those buildings today, that would cost you a good chunk of money. And they still cost you something, but not what they would today. So you bought these buildings at a low price. Yes. Yes. Um, just to, I mean, because we weren't really sure. Yeah. Uh, and we we tried two or three other things. Uh, we we purchased the buildings, and then it was like, uh, now what? Yeah. You know? yeah. So we felt that uh, we felt we needed an art gallery we felt that we needed a coffee shop we felt that we you know we needed all these things we needed we needed a lot but yeah we felt like that uh we could go in there and and spruce them up a little bit and boy people just fall in there and uh, we did we had a, a young lady that came in that uh had been away but moved back to Pahuska and uh, she opened a coffee shop but there just wasn't enough uh, there wasn't enough folks coming to town yet. And then we had a, an artist that uh, came in and opened up shop. She even she was there for quite a little while, and she had uh, summer classes for uh, kids, mm-hmm. uh, for, the, for the school kids, and, and worked out really good. But she then moved on. So we, we had to try to figure out just what we were going to do. And Kathy had, uh, uh, my business partner, uh, she had... Uh, a retail shop. She was a designer, and she had she kind of purchased things for, uh, actually for her own, uh, the people that she worked for, her own customers, and she kept. And but then she she put a big shop in the uh, town maker, which really helped. But um, I'm, I keep jumping around. But um, we we tried several different things, and then we came up with that idea of of the shops at Townmaker Square. And um, so we had a guy come in and just kind of uh, make the spaces for us. And those people would, we found some folks that wanted to put some art in and some that, and then like I said, Kathy opened up her little shop that, uh, and she didn't, cause she didn't keep her shop open all the time and um, down the street. So um, we just, we just started reaching out to folks and we had people from, around the area, not just Pahuska, but around the area that, that came in and, and brought uh, brought their goods in and, and sold them. We, I mean, and there were some, like, antique-type people as, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, so... It was a good combination. It was, and it all worked. We had both sides. We had the pool hall side. We had 18 little businesses in uh, both of those, those buildings at one time. We had somebody that would... Uh, that... Uh, worked the business that that sat there and sold and they paid uh, I want to think 10 percent is what they is what they received from the sales from each booth and that's how they were paid and so it supplemented somebody's income as well as, yeah. along with helping out the the uh, little soon-to-be retailers yeah and the sales tax piece that you mentioned before is key Yes. Explain that and how that kind of helped kickstart things as well. Well, um, 
I, I have to just be just flat honest about it. Um, any little bit helps your community. Yeah. Especially when you're not getting it. Yeah. And I'm not sure how your community is operating. I mean, we, we have, uh, uh, sales of electricity and water and sewer, but uh, a lot of communities live off sales tax, and so and that was that definitely is what helps us as well. But that's not just what we have to live off of in mm -hmm. in, in our community, but it does help. Any little any little bit of sales tax helps uh, with your with your community running your community, and uh, so. I have to say, as I, we were blessed to have Reed Drummond choose to open up her shop in Pahuska, and it just it has just bloomed from there. And we've had a lot of retailers, you know, a lot of people come in and open up shops, boutiques, and stuff. Quite a few boutiques, and and that has really helped that sales tax just you know, boom. Yeah, so, skyrocket. <laughs> skyrocket, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's a, that was our thing was we were just trying to get people to pay sales tax. We would collect it and we, we sent it into the state. And, uh, that was, that was kind of our, our goal was to increase the sales tax and it did. But then again, I don't want to just say that we did it because it, we would have, if it wasn't for uh, pioneer woman, we would, we would still not have what we have today. Right. So, uh, but we didn't have people that were trying really hard to make it. So, yeah. Well, I love that you had the vision for this town before that was even a thought, you know? So you were thinking of this before the pioneer woman was thinking about having a shop here. Right. And I think you built a really important foundation. Talk about vision and why that's such a key in a small community when you're trying to revive it, especially. Well, I mean, if you, me, I never been, I've never been anywhere. You know, I, I stayed here. I, I've never lived anywhere else but Pahuska, and I, my parents, uh, they didn't remember living off somewhere else. They always, they, they were here, and, and they had a love for Pahuska and my dad was always involved and he had, um, you know, he'd been mayor and he'd been on chamber and he'd block, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, my mom was very involved with school and church. And so you see in your community when you're, when you've been raised that way in your community and you start seeing things, you know, one store goes out and another store goes out and it's like, golly, cause I don't want to go anywhere. Right. I don't want to go to, uh, we always said we were, we were, uh, 60 miles round trip from anywhere. And that's pretty true. Here. And that is, yeah. unless we're going to Winona, uh, you know, 10 miles away, uh, that doesn't have a, a, you know, a grocery store or anything. We, I mean, we, we have we're 60 miles round trip. So mm -hmm. either you're coming here to get us or you're coming here to see us. That's only <laughs> when you're come at that time. Yeah. Uh, and then my dad, uh, in the funeral business, all these people were coming in. They, they came back, uh, a lot of old hometown families, and we would, we would uh, care for their loved ones, and they would come home, and it was, they, they would say things like, wow, 
man, I remember, you know, what, what happened? You know, well, you know, you're living in Chicago or you're in Dallas or even Tulsa, or, you know, and it's, it, it starts tugging on you. And, um, yeah, I just started looking and, and the, the, uh, to see what you don't really see it at first, like what the, uh, Easley's have done or what they were working on. They've, they worked hard on that building and they had, I don't know, there's probably eight or nine retail spaces underneath and they had an auction and they had, they had, they made those upstairs rooms into a little apartments and, but they worked their tails off and same way with, uh, with, uh, Raymond and, and them with their other buildings, they got in there and they, they worked on them and it just to see things starting to kind of, spruce up and we see these buildings burn it's like oh my gosh we've just we're we're losing everything yeah and uh, it's because of neglect people aren't paying attention to what's going on and you start looking at it that that way and um you want you wonder (laughs) can i do something like that and then you start kind of pushing that way and then you realize and, and it's probably one of the it's probably one of the best things that that i could have ever been involved with because it's my town, and I had a piece of, of, get you know saving some buildings because I'm sure the pool hall would. There's no telling. Well, maybe it wouldn't be gone, but it might have been mm-hmm. if we wouldn't have gotten in there. There was uh, five buildings on the corner to the south of us that finally fell in, and they scooped them up and hauled them off. And there's a big old empty corner. It's a it's a parking lot now, but um, and it's been cleaned up but uh to see all these big holes in the walls and you couldn't people at the time that owned them uh they wouldn't even they wouldn't even go in and clean them up yeah and they wouldn't even and then if they did they just pardon me but they half-assed it and there was no there they push up some debris in the back and walk away from it and um it it would just you just keep looking at that stuff and and seeing the houses. I mean, I I had a house when I was 21, and I completely remodeled it, and it was one of the very few houses in Pahuska that you could buy, hmm. uh, because it was. I bought it back when the uh, 80, 79, 80, 81 oil boom was going on, so there was no property. You couldn't find it, wow. and we still had a lot of our old people, our old our our foundation people maybe is mm-hmm. what we call them that have been here forever sure. they were still living at the time and um so that these houses were all full and you just start seeing all that mm-hmm. and then you start seeing your downtown just dwindle away dwindle away so yeah that's what that's kind of what you you think man if i can just do if i can just do one thing and then move to the next and move to the next and next thing you know you've you've done something and we did we i mean we had those four buildings right there together we bought the first three um uh pretty cheap and we bought the one next door and gave fifteen thousand more for it than we bought the other three for and uh, and we still had to do the same thing we first thing we did was put electric and central heat and air in them and then you could at least you could at least uh, offer them mm-hmm 
and because uh, the bathrooms were under the staircase, if they had a bathroom, wow. under the staircase and where you couldn't even hardly get into them. So, yeah. But anyway. I love that you were able to make it profitable because I think that's a big concern. You know, you buy these buildings that need a lot of help. Right. Um, but you started with the necessities and you made sure you could pay your mortgage. And then as people started to catch on, yeah. then eventually you were able to raise your rent, right? Right. And, and right. sell those buildings for profit. Yes. And we weren't looking to sell them. Yeah. But um, because of Pioneer Woman, people were wanting to be here. And um, in fact, uh, the first one that we sold was to uh, Lad uh, Drummond. And that's when they were building P-Town. And so, and he came in and said, this is what we want to do. It was, I shouldn't say, uh, it's the second building. The first was some friends of ours that uh, had a, a ranch out here. And they they uh, bought the end building. And we sold it because we knew that they would go in and do something with it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people are unable to do that. And uh, so they were able to go in and, and, uh, and they completely remodeled the place and put in a, a gourmet hot dog shop in Pasco, Oklahoma. And oh, you want to talk about, you want to talk about the the rumble? What, what's a gourmet? You know, and yeah. well, we're, they're going to show you, you know. And they yeah. did, and it was wow. really good. And but the upstairs, they made a conference room, and they had their kitchen uh, kitchen up there. And but uh, and it was just, I mean, they did a great job. It was it was really beautiful what they did. And then we rocked along there. And uh, for several years and then uh, and we'd we'd do a little upgrade here and there and then um, the we had a lady that wanted the other building and so we had to put plumbing in there but um, I want to probably say that our our success story was uh, Osage Outfitters okay because uh, Joey and Callie started looking here and didn't know. I knew his grandparent, his great grandparents. I didn't really know at the time. But Joey comes into the chamber one day and he said, uh, "Sir, I'm you know we're looking for property. We we're wanting, looking at open a building. I mean, open a business, and we'd like to know who owns this building, this building, this building." And uh, so and this was before the Pioneer Woman. Yeah. And uh, so he comes in and uh, uh, and I said, "Oh, this building belongs here, and this one, this." And he said, "Well, uh, we're, I'll bring my wife back because he was cowboying for a guy down by Stillwater, and she was working at a, a shop. They had been in school down there. And uh, so he comes in the next week, and he said, "Hey, we uh, we really like this building, and." And this building, I said, well, that building, they'd like the triangle. Everybody loves the triangle building. I don't know, you know, but we knew that the triangle building was not available. And then the big blue building, you, the old Safeway building, oh, that's yeah. down there empty. And I'm like, son, I don't know if you know what you're <laughs> thinking about. I've been in that building. And, uh, and then he came up and he looked into our main town maker building. And... Uh, he said, we really like that building. I said, well, here's who you get a hold of with those others. But I said, uh, I'm who you get a hold of if you like this building. And I said, it's, we, could, we could probably figure out a way to move Townmaker over into the pool hall side. And, and uh, he said, uh, 
He said, well, I'll talk to my wife again. And he turns around and walks out. But before he shuts the door, he opens it back up. And he said, sir, I want you to know it's not if we come to Pahuska, it's when. And I went, uh-oh, this boy is serious. And yeah. I, I mean, and that was, I mean, you start doing a jig whenever somebody like that, you, you uh-huh. because you know you're getting ready to go through the goalpost on that deal. And sure enough, they came back and said, we really like your building. So I went uh, to Kathy and I said, uh, hey, these kids want this building. And can we move? Do you think we can make this happen, move this over here? Blah, blah. She said, yeah. So we moved. We took all the petitions out and made it available to them. And they opened up nine years ago last month. So um, uh, those, are the, those are the things that... Um, those those are the things that go right along with your pioneer woman. <laughs> you yeah, know? right. They were here before. Yeah. But uh, for I mean that's what that's what you call sweet success. Yeah. And they're still here, and they now they rent three buildings. Yeah. But Lad came in, and I'm I know I just kind of jumped back and forth, but um, after I mean Lad came in and wanted that pool hall building, and we only had a couple of, of spaces. Uh, rented at the time because we had a couple that moved down to another building and um so we uh we uh he said he wanted it and what he was doing and that this is what he wants to do and so we said okay and that's when p-town came in at pioneer woman had already been open but p-town came in there so that was that was our second building to sell and then the two friends of callie and joey's bought the two that they're in and then we, the others, people started calling about. So it was, it was tough, you know. Um, I couldn't have done it without um, my wife and Kathy and and Kathy's mother. I mean, Kathy's mother was was grew up here, and um, she wanted to she wanted to help. And that's something that that's something that is I think is important too. Is that there's people out there that want to help. Yeah. I mean, she said. She said, I, I'm going to buy the windows. And we said, no, because along the back, all the windows were broke out. Okay. Were broken out of it. This was when we just had the uh, three buildings. No, we don't need, you know, we don't want you to. No, that's what I want to do. I mean, she was, she was going to put windows in the, you know, those few <laughs> windows in the back. And I think that, that, that you know, you lo- you've got to let people help if they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't let them run over you or anything. And yeah. she, of course she would never, but, um, it was, uh, uh it was so nice because, uh, it made her feel good and it helped us out as well. And something about the revitalizing, um, you don't have to do it all right now. I think you touched on that a minute ago, but you don't have to do it all right now. Yeah. I mean, we went in and we did what we had to do. People don't know. And we did the things that people won't do because you don't see them. Yeah. That's, but you, if you don't do that, I talked to my son-in-law about that quite a bit. If you don't do those things now, it's going to interrupt something that you've got going later because you're going to have to go in there and tear up and, and redo and stop stop progress just mm-hmm. to go in and do what you really should have done instead of making it look pretty you should have had it making you should have had it functional yeah before you go in and start making it all pretty and pretty can be a little dab of paint here and we did that uh 
and I, we learned that. I mean, we wanted to go in and put in our, our electric and heat and air and all that, but um, we uh, uh, that's not really what we wanted to do, but we knew we had to. But then we went back and scraped off some of the plaster and did some things like that when somebody would move out. And, and it's a dirty job, tough job, but uh, all those things have to be done. Yeah. So. Yeah. Feel so like good. <laughs> the name Townmaker is a special one, and there's a reason why you chose that. Tell yeah. that story, because I love that. Well, um, I was blessed to have a uh, godmother that was pure blood Osage, and my my. Uh, Godfather was seven eight Oto Awe, but uh, I got to know her. I was in language class, Osage language class, and we became real close. and And uh, I had become real close to to her family. And um, one of one of my uh, relatives on uh, his name was Daryl Kip, and uh, he was a, a welder and he's a big old lovable guy but um everybody called him big d but uh brother daryl's uh osage name was Dawagahe, and rough translation of that is the uh is town maker and way back in old day osage days um that's that town maker was the one that set up the camp and uh, always had a, a fun uh fond memories of Daryl and uh, so when we were trying to figure out what we would call this that came to my mind and so uh, I told Kathy I said let's call it let's call it Tawagake and uh, she couldn't say it so <laughs> <laughs> which I, I could have spelled it probably <laughs> and it, it's probably easier just to say town maker yeah. <laughs> but, but it actually was in his honor uh, that I've that's what I felt was in their honor, his honor, and my and my aunt Hazel, my godmother. So, the uh, uh, good people, good yeah. people. I was blessed to have them, blessed to have them. Very fun. So at this point, you kind of your initial dreams for downtown and mm-hmm. some of these things. You've seen those come to pass. So now that those have been achieved, what are your new dreams for this town? What's next? Oh, I don't know. I would, I mean, my big dream is for us to get along. <laughs> yeah. That's what I really want. Yeah. I want us to, I want us to put down the, the, I don't know, the, the roughness and toughness and, and come back to a community. We always, we always come together in, when times get tough. I mean, but right now, I mean, I I know people laugh, but since COVID and all of this kind, of, it just seems like everything is just flipped, and people are just it. We just can't get along for anything, and that's my that's my dream now is for us to stop this crap that's going on, this nitpicky fighting and arguing, and this one getting mad over that, and that one getting mad. I mean. I want us to come together and build a community that we have been in the past. We do have people that don't understand us that come in. Um, and, uh, you 
edit this if you want, but um, we have people that come in from California or some some other off spot, you know, that's never lived here, and think that we need to be doing it their way. Well, you shouldn't have moved here if you want it to be like that. You should have stayed where you were. Yeah. And don't don't stir it up for everybody else. Yeah. And um, this and, and get on our team. Mm-hmm. And and if you want to live like us, then be like us. Yeah, you know. And it's not. I mean, I I was at the city for three and a half years, and it was tough. We had people move back, get on city council, and 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 then we were dumb. We were stupid. I mean, because we didn't do we didn't do what they thought we should be doing, and then get everything all stirred up. And um, I had to I had to pull away because it was. It just got tough. I had to soak on it for about four years, and um, I don't want to. I don't want to cause anything, but I also don't want it. Uh, uh, I don't want to cause any problems, but I also I don't want somebody else coming in here and tearing up any more than what we've been over the past yeah. few years. But that's also something I've I've thought about for a long time too. Is with success, that type of animosity somehow makes its way into that success. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And um, so I I would say as you're out there working, not everybody's going to be on your team, Mm -hmm. but you just got to keep moving forward with it and and pray that they take their gloves off and get in there and put leather gloves on and start helping you work. Take those boxing gloves off and throw them over in the back of the truck with the rock and the grass and the, and the old wood that you've been cleaning up and get, get with it. Yeah, so. no, that's good. So as the vision for the town was to get some of these businesses going, get people into these old buildings. And now for the most part, I mean, there's definitely still opportunity, but you've done that to a certain degree. So now that you've got, I mean, everything's changed, right? Now you have all these people coming here. Right. And you have a whole new set of opportunities and challenges. So what's the vision for the town moving forward to continue to grow with what's happening, to continue to capitalize on what's happening? Well, we've got to get workers. Mm. I mean, you you have... um, you have a town that uh, we we don't have housing. Yeah. For workers, we have people that are driving over an hour. Uh, I've even had I've even heard as long as an hour and a half wow. to go to work at the Merck. And um, I'm not saying that they would move here, but look at our realtor page. I mean, there's three or four houses, and used to it'd be you know a whole page mm-hmm. and. Um, but people have come in and turned all the houses into Airbnbs. Yeah. And uh, even when they weren't supposed to be, they they have turned them into Airbnbs. But we've got to get housing for people that do want to come here. And not not everybody. There's not enough Dow Hills or you know for for housing. And that's the one thing that we probably never. Um, really thought a lot about until right now because you didn't have to, uh, I guess. Uh, but 
our forefathers, and that includes me, weren't thinking about this problem. Uh, right. Or this, let me back up, this wonderful situation that we're in. That's the way <laughs> yes. we probably ought to look at that. Because it is. Mm-hmm. It's it just some people that aren't, that aren't into that are going to gripe about it. But some of us, it's, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity that we, that we grabbed and, and are sailing on with, but we have, we, we don't have, the city doesn't have a lot to offer as far as incentives. We don't, we've got a few properties that we've torn down old houses, but it's some of those properties that you're not going to, you're not going to build a brand new house next to two other old houses that are half fallen in. Yeah. And, uh, we don't have a lot of, uh, space. We're going to have to, we're still not making enough, uh, revenues to go out and really buy property and, and recreate. That's what, that was always, uh, another goal of mine is to recreate a, um, neighborhood. I always wanted to go in and take out the older, uh, either re uh, revitalize them or go in and put in new houses that go along with our historic uh, downtown and yeah. you know, to, that yeah. the old our old 1920s and teens homes and make them look like that but they're all brand new mm-hmm. and I mean I, I did I re, uh, renovated one down across from the funeral home and uh, we still live there but um, you know, it's, we made it a nice house and people don't realize how nice it is until they come in. I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying that that's what we did. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I said, well, dad can just walk across the street cause I'm building this for us to be here. Yeah. And dad can just bring the gurney across the street and drag me back over <laughs> to the funeral home because I'm, this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm starting to second guess that now to maybe want to have a one level, you know, yeah, rather you than go. have a, the bedrooms and everything upstairs. But, um, it, it's a nice place, but it's not an Airbnb. It's a place for, it's a home. And, um, that was, that's why we did way we, what we did. And we don't have in it what, we would if we'd have built a brand new one. Yeah. But um, anyway. I do think it's important to keep that historic integrity because that's part of what makes Pahuska well, special. Our downtown is a historic, on the historic register. And uh, it says we had 90 plus, but I mean, we have since lost a few of them, but yeah. we still have those. And uh, it was exciting when the, the Killer of the Flower Moon shot here and they rolled in and painted and and re and spruced up the facades of all these buildings and it was like oh my gosh this is a this is an old 1920s town uh-huh. and i mean our building uh our buildings downtown were i mean we were we were up there there were more big fancy cars sold here than anywhere in the country yeah and uh, my uh the funeral home was built in 1925 uh the johnsons came in 1905 but uh mr johnson bought that block over there and then he built the funeral home and it, on the front page of the paper uh and it might have been 1926 when it was the article came out but it said johnson's built sixty thousand dollar funeral home and 
if you go by and look at that, it's a really cool old building. It's down off the beaten path, but uh, but it was uh, a state of the art uh, funeral home because funeral business wasn't that big back then. But in that article, it says it's the finest facility this side of Kansas City, and uh, they made them put four apartments upstairs and three uh, storefronts because the funeral business wasn't that big. But it was a it was built. It was a cool old building, and it and it still is. My nephew's done a lot of work to it to keep it that way. But once you, if you ever get them, if you ever get them to that point, then all then it's upkeep. Yeah. But, but that's the deal is getting them to that point. We've been there long enough at our house that we're starting to have to replace and mm -hmm. redo and stuff. Yeah. You know, we've been there 16, 17 years, and uh, you start having to replace stuff. But you have to do that with a brand new home. Yeah, it's just so, part of it. Yeah. 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 I've been impressed with, like you said, the movie came in and some of the facade improvements or the things that they did with the facades, it's still there and you can see it. Right. And it, I love it because you can drive down Kahika and it, there's something that it does, like the lettering on the windows or, and just the fresh paint can make a huge difference. And it takes some buildings that were looking pretty run down yep. and makes it also like i think it shows opportunity people see potential and they're like oh you could put a business in there i don't know there's something about that i just think it really sparks ideas and right. it's amazing what just a little bit of flair can do to a building and make it really right it, it just shifts the perspective of some of those buildings there's very few buildings downtown that aren't um that are not occupied. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, there's a, there's a stretch through there, but, um, they, uh, they took some of those buildings and uh, there are some folks that have purchased them that are working on them too. That makes a lot of difference yes. and, uh, really doing a great job with them. Uh, and hopefully that will spark them to keep going right on down because there are some that, you know, are still boarded up. And um, it makes a total difference in your whole block. Yeah. But when they came in there and they painted, they put those they put facades on that um, look like the old nineteen twenties. Even some of those just wooden buildings. And uh -huh. What they did, I mean, the, they're even an empty lot. They went in and built a fake facade of a brick building. Uh huh. And pretty cool. And, yeah, uh, it was. So, but. Um, if we just keep, if we can keep, get people's interest, uh, you know, there's still out of town building owners that really don't know what's going on mm -hmm. and uh, are not going to do anything. They don't have to. And um, uh, if they could just see what they did to them, I mean, what, and, and a lot of them left it. Yeah. What they did because yeah. it like looks three times better, and it we're does. glad they did. Yeah. So, but most of the, most of the people that are down there are starting to kind of pay attention and 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 keep them up a little bit more. That's so. good. Why is it important to create a place where young people either want to stay or they want to come back to? I know that's been kind of a long term vision of yours. Yeah, that was. Um, I told my girls. I said. Their job is to get their education. And my job, because I had just taken the chamber job the first round, and my job 
is to have something here for you when you come home, if you so desire. Mm-hmm. And my youngest did. And it, that's what's exciting, too, uh, is to see. Not, I'm not saying I created that, but it when you when you keep your eye on the prize and your baby girl moves home, that means something. Yeah. And it allowed her... It allowed her husband, my son-in-law, also to move home. And um, I really didn't know if I'd ever, if that would ever happen. Yeah. But my my youngest works for Re, and um, she was one of the first ones that she hired when uh, when she opened up. So she's a purchaser. So it, it was a great opportunity for her. And uh, and then Matt later, uh, he was working off in southeastern Oklahoma. And um, they ended up dating. They've known each other all their lives. And it's for, I don't know how it all worked out, but it was my oldest daughter. He was my oldest daughter's best friend. Uh, but they ended up dating and then ended up getting married, and he got a job here, and now he, they, they live here. And I've got two grandchildren that live here. And that, that is, that's key. Yeah. That's key uh, to try to have something for our kids. And... Um, I know we visited about your little town, and and uh, uh, it's there's amazing things that can happen. It's such a rural area mm-hmm. that um, I mean, you you just have to you have to keep reinventing yeah. to to keep to try to figure out just what because there is that little there is that little niece of yours or your you know that your cousin's uh, granddaughter or something that always loved Pahuska. My yeah. my little brother's kids call Pahuska home. And they've never lived here. They've lived in oh, Kansas man. City their entire life. And it just makes me just, they're coming this weekend, and it just makes my heart just full So yeah. to, to, that they love it and call it home and never have lived here. And, I mean, there probably nothing that would ever happen that we get them home. But uh, but you just, you know, there's there are those people, if you just find the right opportunity, to, to drag them back home. So, yeah. Well, I don't it, know if that answered your question. No, it's good. It makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, it all the hard work to see that happen. Right. Makes it worth it. Yep. It does. Yeah. Yep. So I've, uh, I, I'm living a dream. My, my son-in-law leased some of their, their country back and, um, all my life I've wanted to have cattle and, I have cattle now and horses and and I've always had a cow here, you know, or a horse here or something like that. But now to to be uh, able to to at sixty <laughs> finally finally meet one of your goals that you set when you graduated high school. Yeah. But don't ever give up. So That's just keep word. keep just keep your eye on the prize. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, Mike, this has been an incredible discussion. You're such an inspiration to me, and I know you will be to so many other people. So thanks for your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. You're very kind to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but I learned so much from this conversation. I love that Mike is living his dream, and I love his passion to continue to push the vision forward in Pahuska. If you find yourself in Bahuska, be sure to stop by the chamber and say hi to Mike and Reba. They'll be glad to welcome you to town. Just a reminder to go check out our Cultivate community. It's free just for this month. 
You can sign up now at ruralrevival.co slash cultivate with the code cultivate free, one word, all caps. Huge thanks to Mike for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.